I can't even remotely think of a song to follow behind in the worthiness of Christ. <coughs> I pray today that as we go through this scripture, as I shared with uh, the Sunday school group this morning, that one thing about preaching through the Bible or preaching through specific books is you don't get to skip the things that you don't like. Not that I do that by no mean. I've never been a fan of skipping things because I believe that no verse stands alone. But at the same time, there's verses and there's words that I know that sometimes can get our attention. And it troubles me. You see, this morning is, as we begin to study <clears throat> the second part of this sermon series in chapter 1, we're going to get into a part of this that's really going to get the attention of a lot of people. You have to understand that as I spoke last week, that here this writer of Hebrews, we don't know exactly who it was, but was writing to a group of Jewish believers <clears throat> that had not yet began the point of shedding blood, but had began to fall away, if you will. And as I shared with you, the writer is trying to tell them, look, that the Jesus Christ we preach to you, He's worthy. There is no other name by which men would be saved. And He's worthy. <clears throat> I have labored over this for this week. I told my wife that even coming into this morning as I come in, even in Sunday school, wasn't quite myself. Because I look at the, the intensity and the value and the heaviness of Scripture that I will never, never take for granted nor change to entertain you. I want, for the best of my ability, for everybody that is sitting at the sound of my voice, whether on TV or in these chairs, to have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. I will not try to convince you with fancy words. I won't try to tickle your ears to make you feel better. I am here to preach the gospel. I love you. And as the words of Leonard Ravenhill echo in my heart as I will open this up this morning. I am a firm believer that if Christ came back today, He wouldn't cleanse the temple. He'd cleanse the pulpit. Brothers and sisters, please, search your hearts. Search Scripture as we go through this today that you will see beyond a shadow of a doubt that what we just sang 
will resonate in your heart that he alone is worthy to be praised. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, with heaviness of heart, I come to you, Lord, that your words would be spoken, not the words of Chad. I'm a flawed man, been taught by flawed people. But those flawed people who have been changed by the power of your son, Jesus Christ, pointing me to an unflawed Christ. God may, in some way, shape, or fashion, you do the same with me, that I spend my time pointing people to Christ and not away from him. The message of the gospel is not one that everybody likes. In a world that we live in where everybody looks to me first, are constantly let down because they realize that the world is not fair and it's not about them. It's about you. God, may the truth forever be spoken from this pulpit regardless. Lord, may Living Way Community Church again be a church of a mission that fills people with Christ, not fills the pews with people. Lord, you are worthy. And we praise you. We seek you. We want to grow in you. That, Lord, we can honestly say that the Lamb that was slain received the reward of his suffering. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Chapter 1. We spoke last week about how the writer again was telling this Jewish group of believers that look, listen, read the scriptures because the promises that Christ has given us are true. The promises of your forefathers who pointed to Jesus Christ are true. And we have a Christ that can save us. We have a spirit that will sustain us. Hold faithful to that you possess, for he that promised is faithful. Hold firm. And he talked about that God had spoken. You see, what I want to share with you and what I shared with you last week, that God has the final word. And I want to be honest with you. Regardless of what we think, God is the final authority. He says so. It used to drive me nuts when my parents would tell me to do something and I would say, why? Because I said so. But as a son, I learned to respect the authority of my mom and dad because that is the order of family that God ordained. But God has created this world by Him, for Him, and He has the final say-so. And He was encouraging these Hebrew believers, if you will, Right off the bat. Look, everything that God has promised has been pointed through your prophets. And Christ is greater than them. I have spoken. I am the word. I am the final authority. Now listen. Everybody please stand with me as we read the text. 
We'll begin in verses 3 through 14 after he had said, God had spoken. Listen. And he, that is Jesus Christ, is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of high, having become as much better than angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. For which to the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be the father to him, and he shall be the son of me, son to me. And when he had brings the firstborn into the world, he says, and let all the angels of God worship him. And to the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire? But the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the righteousness of the scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. And they will become old like a garment. And like a mantle, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will also be changed. You are the same. And your years will not come to an end. But to you, but to which of the angels has ever said, sit at my right hand? until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? A rhetorical question. You may be seated. So what is he saying here? The first thing that I want you to understand and to put in your heart today, that when this writer is appealing or, or, or writing to these Hebrew believers... He uses Scripture. He goes to language they understand. So to back up his case for the supremacy of Christ, he uses Scripture. J. Vernon McGee says he uses the hymn book. The hymn, H-I-M, Psalms, is most of what he will quote here, is the hymn book. Everything points to God and His glory. He goes to Scripture and he will address them by saying, look, he has sit down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. He is better than angels. Now I want you to understand, why would he say this? In the first century, okay, they had a practice of worshiping angels. And today people do the same thing. Now listen to me. Now this is the part that gets where people begin to disconnect from me. But I pray you listen to what I say. You see, I want you to understand that when the writer says that he has become better than the angels, I cannot help but go back to Philippians chapter 2. It says in 6, Who although Christ existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at earth every knee shall bow and, every, and, and in heaven and those are on the earth and under the earth and every con tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father. And that brought me to that understanding that, look, no matter how great we think things are, there's nothing greater than Christ. And the writer will say, look, you regard angels as as great. They are heavenly creatures created by God. But they are unworthy to be worshipped. Now let me me explain this to you. And to show that this was going on, Paul will even address this in Colossians chapter 2. In verse 18 he says, Take care that no one keeps defrauding you of your prize by delighting in the humility and the worship of angels. Taking his stand on visions, he has been seen inflating without cause by his fleshly mind. They had the worship of angels. Why? Because angels were active. God has used them for messengers. He has used them to give his wrath. Sometimes they take human form. Sometimes they are physical in their appearance. And I will get into that a little bit deeper. But I want you to understand that regardless, they are created, not the creator. You say, Chad, I know that. Let me tell you one of the biggest things happening in the church today is lack of scripture. And it's killing us. You see... What we don't understand is sometimes we worship deities too. You see people that will give statements when people passes away. Will they become an angel? No, they're not. Listen to me. Nobody gains their wings when they become angels. Or they, they don't gain their wings and become angels. You will find no scripture that will say a human being becomes an angel. They do not. They are created by God for God. People do not become angels. And we think by somehow that when we leave this earth, we're going to be transfigured into some heavenly creation that is different. We're not. We are transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. He transforms us and He makes us and molds us that when we are, we are cleansed and redeemed because of our, our, our spotted sin, we become pure and we will dwell with Him in heaven. We do not become something else. And see, this is a part where people They said, Chad, that's not right. That's hurtful. You're taking away my interpretation of angels. Let me tell you something. Your interpretation is not God's Word. It's flawed. And so many times we want people to become deities rather than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not to grow in worship of things and of angels. But as 2 Peter 3.18 says, we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. We are not becoming angels. And I want you to look what He says. He goes to Scripture. He says, for which of the angels did He ever say, listen... Did he ever tell an angel, Psalm 2? 
You are my son. Today I have begotten you. And again, I will be a father to him and he shall be my son to me. He is quoting scripture. The scripture that they're familiar with. Psalm number two. Did he ever tell the angels, you're going to go die for men? Did he ever tell them they have the authority over Jesus? No, he didn't. And look what he says. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, and let all the angels of God worship him. Psalm 97.7. And let me tell you what happens because of this. And when I say we don't have a clear understanding of Scripture, I want you to listen to me real clearly. One of the greatest growing religions in the United States today are the Jehovah's Witnesses. And what happens is they begin to go out and minister to people because they know the people are hungry to hear something that will make them feel a little bit better. Now let me tell you what most professing believers do when they come to your door. You close it. Because you don't want to deal with it. And I'm going to tell why most people close the door. And this is where people get upset with me, but I'm going to tell you. Because most people don't know enough about Scripture to be able to sit there and talk to them. Do you realize they're going to hell and they're taking people with them? Scripture should be something that you stick your nose in and grow continuously. How else can we point people to Christ without Scripture? Scripture is priority, and I'm not sitting here to try to beat anything up, beat anybody up. I'm not, I beat myself up. Because regardless, I've been a pastor for 23 years, and I'm still growing in God's Word, but I know where to go. His Word is unchanging. He is true. He is real. And He is telling them like He's telling you. Go to Scripture. If God's Word does not say it, then it's your opinion. You see, Colossians 16, says, When your days are finished and you lie down with your... I'm sorry, I'm going back up and went to, went to Samuel. But he says in Colossians 1.16, For in Him, Jesus, all things were created, things of the heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through Him and by Him. Listen, listen, very carefully. The angels did not create anything. Christ did. And what they will do with that verse is they will take the New World Translation in Colossians 15 and 16, chapter 1, and write the word other. Weren't other things created? You will not find that in any other Greek manuscript in history written. But they added that word. You know why? Because they have something in front of them they can point to people and people will not go and read and investigate the Word of God for themselves. Listen to me. The Word of God is the final authority. So what are the roles of angels? Well, I think Scripture is very clear. Number one, they are sent by God. Genesis 3.24 tells us very clearly that when Adam and Eve had fallen, God sent angel, a cherubim, to guard the tree of life. 
who had a flaming sword that could look in either direction. They're messengers of God. They're worshipers of God. They're created by Him. They are servants of the glory of God. Listen to what it says in Revelation chapter 22, or verse 22. Listen to what He says. See, when people begin to worship things, they fall short. An angel is not worthy to be worshipped. He says in Revelation 8.22, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. John fell down at the angel. John did. And then the angel said to him, do not do that. I am your, I am a fellow servant of yours and your brothers and prophets and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. That's what the angel said. They are messengers of servants of God. Not only are they sent, they have sent the guard, the tree of life. If you remember, and I will be honest with you, sometimes they take human form. The Bible tells me that when he went in there and sent the angels, sent the angels to Lot and said, get up and go. Let's go. The Bible tells me very clearly that Lot was hesitant. But the Bible also tells me very clearly that they seized the hands of Lot and his wife. You're coming. Sometimes they take human form. And they seized the hands of Lot and his wife and drug them out of the city. But listen. Number three, listen to this. Yet they are under the authority of Almighty God. Listen to me. The Bible tells me in the book of Jude, as Michael the archangel was arguing over the body of Moses with Satan, even Michael said, The Lord rebuke you. Tell you something, tangled it, if Michael didn't want to tangle with Satan, I can assure you we can't. God has the final authority. And even the angels said, The Lord rebuke you. They come under the authority of God. They are beautiful, created messengers and servants and deliverers of the Word of God. But they are unworthy to be worshipped. Christ alone is worthy to be worshipped. And so many times, this hurts is because we want to worship certain things and certain deities. We want to go and listen to things. And, and what he's trying to say is, look, man, you don't need to go to the priest anymore because we got the great high priest you can go to. You don't have to worship angels. You don't need to worship angels. The priest or the angels aren't worthy of worship. Christ is, and he's enough. He says this, look. Getting wound up. <clears throat> so he said, listen, to which one of the angels did he ever say these things? Psalm 2. In the misquotation of Colossians 1.15, as Jehovah's Witnesses used, but his quotation is dead on, for he brings the firstborn of the world and let all the angels worship him. Listen. And his ministers of a fire and flame and 
Who makes, okay, he says, an angel says, who makes his angels winds and his ministers of a flame of fire? Psalm 104. God does. But in the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Psalm 45. And the righteousness scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. 2 Samuel 2. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you as we learn this, that just like he would learn and share with a Hebrew church of old that had converted to Christ, God's Word's enough. Learn it. One of the biggest problems I said again today is the lack of knowledge of the Word of God. Because not only do we not share our testimonies, we don't have a way to combat those who come against us with the Word of God because we fail to learn. Most people regurgitate what they have learned or what they have heard. I tell you, there's something I want everybody to understand, and please hear me clearly as I stand there and I will take my shoes off on this. You investigate what I say by the Word of God. I shared with this this morning. I'm going to tell you something. All the things I learned in school, I am like A.W. Tozer once said, one thing I learned in school is one fallen head learning from another fallen head. There's only one unfallen head, and it's Jesus Christ. Test it with Scripture. Guys, we living in a day now that we are so afraid of God. We're so afraid of people. We don't know what to do. We go to the God on our knees. We go to the God in our voices when things go wrong, and we pray as though we have no hope. You pray like you have hope. There is no greater hope than found in Christ. And if you're His, you have a hope that can never be taken away. You hold to it. This won't fill this church with people. I'm so tired of hearing that we need this program or that program. I've been told that, man, you change this or change this, you'll bring in people. Well, let them stay at home. I'm not here to entertain you. I am not here, or the band's not here to entertain you. Our youth is not here to get you into Carowinds mentality. We are here to show you that He alone is worthy of praise. And when we fall in love with things more than we do Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. We don't know Him. And most importantly, He don't know us. Guys, I'll say this many times, and I may be the only one standing here in the future, but I'll tell you this. I'd rather this whole place and 15,000 other people be mad at me than any of you spend eternity in hell. Only Christ is worthy to be worshipped. You and the righteous scepter is the scepter of His kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oils of gladness and your companions. Jesus! Jesus! Jesus. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and all, all will become like an old garment. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. Psalm 102. Let me tell you real quickly what he said. Hebrews 1.5, quoting uh, Psalms 2.7, Jesus is God's only begotten. Hebrews 1.5, quoting 2 Samuel 7.14, God His Father, Jesus is the Son. Hebrews 1.6, Psalms 97.7, Jesus is to be worshipped by angels. 
Hebrews 1 7, Psalms 104 4. Angels are his ministers. Hebrews 1 8, 1 9, quoting Psalms 45, 6, and 7. Jesus Christ is God forever and ever. Hebrews 1 10, 11, and 12 is quoting Psalms 102, 25 through 27. Jesus is immutable and eternal. In Hebrews 1 13, Psalms 110, 1, Jesus is honored as victor of all. He is pointing to their scripture to show them that their scripture was breathed by God, for God, pointing to Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you this morning. Do we point people to Jesus or do we point people away from Him? I want to encourage you today, my brothers and sisters, that we are to be pointing people to Christ. We're to be always pointing people to Scripture. Because Scripture, as Timothy would, or Paul would say to Timothy, is God-breathed. There is no other word than God's Word. He spoke to us as we shared last week. This is the final authority. This is the complete Word of God. This is it. There is no new Word. We don't need a new Word. We have the Word. Hold to it. Guys, as I come to you this morning, I'm not here again to try to beat up or try to tell anybody anything. Please listen to me. Because I've always said one finger out brings several back at me, but I want you to hear me good. How much are you going in Scripture? This applies to me. Because I will never stand up here and tell you I know it all because I can promise you that every time I read the Word of God, He speaks to me. And I encourage you to do the same. Do not believe what people says the Word says about it or what they say the Word says. Believe what God's Word says. Don't take the one verse and put it on your back of your car so people can see you driving up the road. Make sure if you got that one verse that you can back up in context what that one verse means. No one verse stands alone. God's Word is breathed by Him, for Him, for His glory. I'm going to tell you, folks, the one thing that hurts my heart more than anything is people proclaiming to be Christians and not sharing the Word of God with other people. Listen to me. I'm going to share from the bottom of my heart something. And I'm man enough to admit it. That as my son is preparing to go on a mission field, and the reality of all that I've been saying to you has hit me, it hits hard. You see, I can't drive to go see him when he leaves. I can go see my son in Pennsylvania. He's only 10 hours away with family and kids, 14 hours, but I can drive. But one day's coming soon. And my son's going to be on the other part of the world. And this has tormented me this week. And you say, what do you mean, Chad? Now listen, I hope I make a point that you listen to me. Please. The same passion I have to point to you that Christ is enough 
He has the same passion to pour it to another country that Christ is enough. And I may not, when he leaves this earth, even see him this side of heaven. Chad, you think and sad dramatically. I'm talking about reality. World's different outside the United States, people. And it has hurt me. And my wife and I laid in the bed this week. We've been weeping. We've been praying. And said, selfish me. It bothers me. But then God put upon my heart something clear. I want you to understand that my child, just like yours, have been loaned to you by the hand of mighty God. They're yours for a season. But they're Christ for His glory and eternity. And it come to the understanding of this, that the gospel is worth it. It's worth it. Do you believe that? Christ's name is above every name. And he's encouraging these Hebrew believers in this chapter that Christ is above the prophets that you held so dear. They above the angels which you worship. And you worship incorrectly. I praise God for the ministry of angels because it was angels that announced our Jesus. I praise God that it's angels that shown up through the history of time for the glory of God to point people to Him in Christ. Thank God. But let me tell you something. As they sung, if you will notice, like I said last week, is when He was saying, Who is worthy? And John began to weep. There wasn't a soul that said anything because they can't, angels included. Who is worthy to take the scroll? And John began to cry. You read the text he read. He began to cry. And the angel says, don't cry. The Lion of Judah can take the scroll. The same Lion of Judah that came to this earth and submitted Himself so humbly for the cause of God's glory that you may be saved. He's worthy. And who are we not to love people enough that we go show that? And as I am struggling on the fact that He may be leaving, I know this, that one day I will see Him again regardless. I might not see Him on this earth, but we will see each other in eternity. And that lasts forever. And that is worthy of praising Jesus for. I want to close in this. You have to ask yourself, as He will point to Him, is Christ worthy? You see, again, He will say a little further in Hebrews that you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood. As a matter of fact, The hard times are coming. And it's only sustaining Word of God that's going to get us through, people. I want you to hear me. Chad, you have been quoting this stuff and preaching it, and it seems like you're always coming down on it. Well, one thing you can be for certain is said when you go out of this earth, or when you go out in this earth, I told you so. It's coming. And everything's going to be thrown against the church. It's coming. 
Everything is going to be thrown against his people. And as my wife said so clearly several years ago, we're about to find out who's real. Only Jesus Christ is worthy and only he can sustain us. Do you really believe that? I'd like to share the story in closing. For there's others that believe he was worthy. By the name of John and Betty Stam. Now, most of you have never heard of it, probably all of you. But this was a couple in their 20s in the 1930s went to become missionaries to China. They were there for about two years and when the communists raided their village. And they were a new couple in their 20s that had a brand new baby. But they took the mom and dad, John and Betty, out of the house and drug them out into the street. And they left their baby in there. The baby was not crying. So they left the baby alone. As they drug them out into the street, they announced to everybody that they would kill them both. Because they blamed the fall and the problems of China on the Christians. Does it sound familiar? As they led them up on top of the hill, they put them both on their knees, and the sword was drawn, and they took the head of John Stam off. And as his wife fell on his body, that same sword took her head. You have to ask yourself, people, is he worthy? And you may say, Chad, that will never happen here. For God's sake, listen to me. You may be surprised what's going to happen before we leave this earth. And I can promise you there's no words of mine that's going to be able to sustain you. There's no amount of comfort that I can give to you that is going to make you whole faithful. It is only the Word of God and Jesus Christ who saved you and by His Spirit that sustains you that you're going to be able to make it through. For three and a half years, almost four years, you've heard me say, listen to me. You've heard me very clearly say that time's coming. And I'm not trying to be gloom and gloom, doom and gloom. I've seen people come into the body and I've seen people leave. And I honestly believe, and I want this to be resounding through the air as it is in you, I believe as the times come, more people begin to abandon the fellowship of believers. Because people don't want to hear rebuke. They don't want to hear accountability. They don't want to hear truth. They want to hear what I can have right now to make me feel what I want to feel this moment for mine and my glory alone. You see, if Christ is not worthy, then I've wasted my life and I've wasted your time. But I believe with all my heart that he is worthy. And if one day I come into this and one person is sitting in front of me 
has been worth the price. Because again, I'd rather have everybody in this whole state and this city of Greer be mad at me than anybody spend eternity in hell. Understand with Christ, if he saved you, he will sustain you. And you have to again ask yourself, is he worthy of praise? He told the Hebrew people, you've not resisted to the point of shedding blood, but you will. And the Bible records that the old Christians of old, many of them, under the persecution of Nero would be covered with tar and set on fire as torches to light his portico. They would be dressed in animal attire and released into the Colosseum to be ravaged by animals. They would carry the cross gladly and line the streets to be crucified. How did they do this? It wasn't worshiping things. It wasn't placing their faith in people. But it was holding to the unchanging hand of Jesus Christ who is worthy to be praised. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day. God, I, I don't know when You're coming back. But Lord, one thing's for certain. If You tarry, I'm going to die. But Lord, one thing I can say with all my heart, is You know me. And Lord, because of the price paid on Calvary, I've been redeemed. Lord, it is, my, it is my call and my prayer and petition that Lord, You send people hungry to preach the Gospel. You send people in this congregation hungry to share the Gospel. That, Lord, you put in this place those you want. God, I, as I said this morning, there's no perfect church because this one ain't definitely ain't perfect because I'm in it. And, Lord, I'm an imperfect man that lets people down in many, many ways. But, God, what I know with all my heart is you're the same God of the Hebrews, the same God of the Gentiles, the same God that His name is above every name, the same God who sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for our sin. And God, if it ever be a time I preach something contrary to Your Word, remove me. God, eternity's too precious. And God, I pray today that we have a clear understanding of the gospel. And we have a clear understanding that you are worthy to be praised. God, for those who do not have a relationship with you, Lord, I pray you convict their heart. Make them miserable. Lord, water them with your spirit. Lord, that they would reach up to You 
Because God, unless you're convicted, they ain't reaching. It's not about an emotional experience. It's about a heart-changing transformation wrought on by your spirit and placing faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. God, for those who are believers who are struggling this morning, that God, it may be a situation they get a little nervous at work. They get a nervous in the neighborhood. They get a little nervous going through life. God, you give the assurance that He who promised is faithful. God, I'm not going to sit up here as I've done for three and a half and four years tell everybody they're going to have money and health. We're not guaranteed any of that. But God, what we are guaranteed is the sustaining power that you give us through your Spirit. And God, what we are guaranteed is eternity with you. Lord, you... As Joe and I were talking this morning, brothers and sisters, be encouraged. We're almost home. Don't drop an anchor. We're almost home. And I have to believe with all my heart that you are worthy of all praise and all power. You are worthy of worship. And God, all this belongs to You. God, may we never get our eyes off the cross, but continually focus on it. Because one day, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that You are Lord. We can bow now, or we can bow later. But every one of us are going to bow. God, I pray, give this body a sense of urgency. God, you fill people with your son Jesus Christ that they don't come to be entertained or to be emotionally supported, but come to worship you. Worship with other believers. And Lord, go into this world praising your name, testifying about your name, and giving glory to you. Because you are worthy. Lord, we thank you and we love you. Amen. As we close in song, listen, I pray that this sits heavy on your heart. And every one of us should ask ourselves, why are we here today? What makes us come? I come not just to preach the word, but I come to glorify and worship Jesus Christ with my brothers and sisters. That's why I'm here. And it prepares me. As iron sharpens iron, and we sharpen one another, we grow in Christ. We grow with each other. And I can promise you the full armor of God that I preached on for several weeks, if we prepare ourselves and put it on, there's no flame and error can penetrate the eternity that God has set before us. Amen? Stand and worship with us.